to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Okay, okay, starting a video a little slow today. There we are on YouTube. Hey guys, it's another episode of Get Home Safe. It's a, well, it's supposed to be a weekly Wednesday weigh-in edition of the podcast, but it's released on Friday. You guys are hearing this on Friday, the uh, August 13th, that is, Friday the 13th. Oh, wow. Uh, We were supposed to have Bill Barnes on, our weekly Wednesday weigh-in guest. We bumped him to Friday to kind of make for his work schedule, but it was just too much going on for our good friend, Bill. So uh, we had to go uh, into the bullpen or bring up a pinch hitter, if you will. My good friend, Tracy McFade, who's been on the program many times. Uh, we're going to try to uh, have a conversation with Tracy here all the way from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, Henderson to be exact. He's been on the program before, but he said uh, graciously that he would fill in for uh, the one and only Bill Barnes. So uh, let's, uh, without uh, wasting any more time here on this Friday edition of the podcast, let's get right to it and bring on Tracy McFate. Tracy McFate joining us from Henderson, Nevada. Once again, back on the program. Haven't had him on since Christmas Day of 2020. How you doing, Tracy McFate? Doing terrific, Matt. How, how about yourself? I, You know, it's a hot summer day here. And uh, in the living room here, it's about 70 degrees. And this uh, beverage in my hand is a little colder than that. So uh, cheers to you, my good man. Outside my door right now, Max, it's, uh, Matt, it's 103. Oh my. So that's, so it's a cold, cooler day in, in Vegas. You know, it, we had some 115, 116s here about a month ago. So uh, right now the sweatshirts are out. <laughs> Almost hockey season. Indeed. <laughs> uh, well, Tracy, I really appreciate you coming on the program. Uh, pinch hitting, if you will, for the one and only Bill Barnes. You and I talked yesterday uh, and you said, Hey, I'll come on. It's been a while. And I said, yeah, you know what? It has been a while, Christmas Day to be exact. So uh, your third time on the podcast, and I hope I hope um, many more times here on the podcast. Is Bill going to listen to this? Of course he will. Of course he will. Well, then let me say it's an absolute pleasure just to be pinch hitty. Nobody could ever fill in for Bill because <laughs> he is just a, a, a man of many words, and I'm humbled to be here. So hopefully he appreciates those words. Yes, absolutely. I, I was talking to him all week, trying to get him on the show. Hey, can we record Monday night? What about Tuesday night? Wednesday? Okay, we could do a Wednesday night show. Like, he's a work. He's retired, but he's more busy now than when he was working. And I, I told him, listen, I, I'm bringing in a pinch hitter. I'm bringing in Tracy McFate for you. And he says, man, I really do feel big time now. I have a, I have a guest host <laughs> slot. So uh, you're, you're up in his game a little bit there, Tracy. It's just like Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah i don't know where to go with that one uh but uh anyway tracy good to talk to you it's uh we're actually recording the day before which is nice to uh, get it out a more recent episode uh I-, I know you're an avid listener of the program and you know i've had quite a few real hondo prep guests on here of course but i've had a lot and i mean a lot of foothill citrus football officials on here as well I listened yesterday to, to Andy Angelo, and, and uh, it was good to hear from him and, and just his history of starting in East L.A. And, 
and serve in this great country of ours. So that was that was a nice uh, episode you had. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Andy was great. Um, you know, still doing it at, at 75. Uh, God bless him. I know I couldn't do that that, that long. So, um, but but I've had him, uh, John Hyde recently, Mark Saez, uh, Mike Kearns. It's been a lot of fun catching up, talking to these guys that I knew them as officials, but kind of getting their whole story has been a lot of fun. You know, a trivia question here is, Andy and I worked a playoff game together at Rio Hondo Prep, where I think you were on the sidelines. I, I assisted you guys, let you in a, a room or so. Uh, yes, I remember that. Well, you were supposed to be the white hat. It was one of Rich Riley's final games. And you said, hey, Rich, you got your white hat in there. And you moved to uh, headlines of all places. You were the headlinesman as the assigner. I didn't have a clue what to do. <laughs> good, good times. Was that fun for you working kind of a football game where you used to run around as a kid in boys Christian league back in the day? It really was. And, and, and this is not, uh, I mean, this is the truth. When I got there that night, um, I drove up far now and it, it, it kind of time from, I don't know, 45 years earlier or something like that. And then taking a look at the grounds and, <laughs> and, and it was really, it was really kind of cool. And I remember the couple of years that at the time it was called boys Christian league BCL. And, um, you know, just to remember those times. So, yeah. And, and as you told me later, the guys uh, uh, still there uh, with Rio Hondo prep that were there back in the, um, gosh, that was Matt. That was probably mid sixties. Like wow. something like that, but I had to be mid sixties. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. It's fun when the, the, the lives, you know, cross paths, you know, you were someone I officiated with, but you have a history at boys Christian league, a care youth league now. And so, so many of my listeners are care youth league, real Hondo prep alums. And then the other half, or maybe one third of it is sports officials. So th that happens to be a lot of my guests and, uh, a lot has changed since I last talked to you, Tracy. That was Christmas Day. At least it was released then. And uh, here we are eight months later. Uh, 2020 is behind us, but all kinds of other craziness in our lives, huh? We, uh, we're persevering through this pandemic, and I think uh, we're all doing uh, pretty good, but as good as, as good as we possibly can. That, that's it, man. And, and everyone's doing well, the family and the close friends and everything. We're doing great. Um, uh, we we just went with some friends last night to a, a comedy show, and uh, and things are pretty much normalized uh, here in Southern Nevada. You do need to wear a mask indoors. Um, that's about the only restrictions. It's pretty big time. Uh, kids in school have to wear them, and and uh, hopefully hopefully it does it does get better. But we were we were normal for about three months without any type of restrictions. There's no social distancing now. Just have your mask handy. Yeah, no, it, it was a good time. Even in California, I think we had a month of freedom and uh, it was it was nice. Uh, I feel like we're going backwards, which is frustrating. And, you know, you're well aware, Tracy, as a loyal listener of the program that uh, Bill Bill Barnes has a strong opinion or, do, or, or two. I do as well. So you might have to uh, step in the batter's box and swing away here uh, with, with some of your stronger opinions today. I think I can do that. I'm ready. <laughs> well, well, uh, kind of the, I, I would say the biggest news from the week was Governor Andrew Cuomo resigning after some uh, heavy allegations. I think it was 
really up in the air as to what was going to happen here. Some people said, oh, he'll fight it out. He'll stick around forever. Were you surprised by the news earlier in the week when he kind of let it go at the end of his press conference? Oh, yeah, I'm resigning, by the way. I really was because even prior to his press conference, his attorney, uh, she came on and um, she was like fighting her case um, uh, right there and discrediting the, 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 the girl, the females, and just going through basically step by step. And then they said, Governor Cuomo wanted to say a few words, and he was pretty combative. And I thought, man, are we just going to have to listen to this until, you know, for another year and a half? <laughs> and then when he came on at the end of it, um, uh, I was really surprised. Um, I mean, he definitely needs to go. But listen to that speech. I thought he was going to tell us, hey, folks, I'm in this for the long haul. Um, you know, I serve you and I did nothing wrong. I thought, oh, man, this is, we've just served this whole thing before. So um, I'll still I think he's got, what, 12 days to go. And um, I still wouldn't be surprised if he's got something up his sleeve. But we'll see. I, I agree. I, I don't. It, the whole thing is odd. I mean, OK, a politician resigning, but. Just the way in, I think he, what he did is he did the math and he saw that the whole process, if he was going to be impeached or whatever, was going to be kind of damaging. So it was almost best to step aside and then, let you know, hey, I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm going to step aside, which sounds weird. Uh, and then let the process play out. And then, I don't know, maybe come back, come back and run for governor or run for a higher office. Even I, I, I wouldn't rule that out. I think he almost ripped the Band-Aid off to preserve a little legacy for maybe later on down the road. Well, I remember the Watergate days and um, Senator Barry Goldwater from Arizona, just a big conservative Republican. He had about four or five other senators and they went to the White House with with Nixon and said, listen, you do not have the votes. We're telling you right now, you don't have the votes because Nixon was pretty adamant that he was going to fight it. And the next day, um, um, Nixon announced his resignation. Um, I'm kind of thinking that maybe somebody there in the Democratic Party in a, up there in Albany, New York, uh, you know, Democrat went up to Como and said, look, at, here, here's the numbers and this is not going to change. And so I think he, he finally saw reality. Yeah. No, I, I think another theory could be that, OK, with with kind of all this vaccine passport push going on, I think it's almost like a dis, uh, the budget, obviously. It's, you know, trying to get past or maybe was, but like, I have a feeling maybe this is what a type of distraction. I mean, do you buy into any of that? Oh, I certainly do. Because the big deal that's being looked into criminally is the 13,000 patients that died in arrest homes. And there's people like uh, Janice Dean from Fox News who are not going to let that go. And that really has been talked about very little. And because of the cover up on that, where he ordered, you know, his staff to underreport what was going on. And uh, so I think, I think he's trying to get out of Dodge before, before the posse. Uh, so we'll see if that's the case, but I think we're going to see something come down about what happened in the nursing homes. Yeah, I do too. And I find it ironic that, uh, that I, well, yeah, ironic that he was given so much praise for the job that he did, where arguably he was, he did the worst job. I mean, I know it's not easy with that state, you know, California is tough, uh, you know, Michigan, Illinois, whatever. Uh, but California, New York, 
have a lot of population, both two coastal states, right? And so he got all this credit for doing a magnificent job when he made some of the worst mistakes early on in the pandemic. Absolutely. And it certainly didn't help when the president came on after his press conference, Como's press conference, and said, um, uh, it's sad because Como did a hell of a job. Yeah. And I go, oh, my. Well, and, and, and hope, I wish people could, you know, take their Republican or Democrat hats off and just look at things as they are. I mean, you and I stand politically pretty similarly, but like, I, I can't see a Democrat out there who says, Cuomo, oh, he did a magnificent job. I mean, the numbers don't lie, much like Gavin Newsom. I mean, he's not just getting recalled by crazy, uh, you know, Trump voting Republicans. It's to, to get the vote. I mean, a lot of Democrats are pissed off here, too. So I, I think the partisanship is starting to, you know, maybe not be there. But but it seems like this whole time, the past year and a half, it's all it's been everything's been divided partisan, uh, you know, oh, yeah. down the aisle. It's frustrating. Well, you look at the Senate, and the Senate is 50-50. The House is, I believe, six seats difference. And so that is as close as you get. And it looks really tough to get anything done on a bipartisan level. And it didn't used to be that way. Um, uh, President Bush, when I forget who his Supreme Court nomination was, uh, was something like uh, 91 to 9 in, in favor for a Supreme Court justice. I don't think we will ever see anything like that happen again. That's a really good point. I mean, every in my short uh, adulthood here, I've every time there's a Supreme Court justice, it's like this all-out war on the person, and it's important to look into their background and everything. But my my goodness, it's it's split right down party lines, and it's yeah, ninety-one to nine. You'll never see anything like that. Well, and trying to put pressure on Justice Beyer now to resign so that they can keep um, that as as a liberal seat. And I just don't think that that's right. And yeah. I know we've kind of gotten off with it with that. that but California is 75% um, uh, blue. And they got over a million and a half signatures on the, to, to put this on the ballot. Um, and I, I see on TV that they got an ad from, from Elizabeth Warren. And yeah. if, if that's what you're going to have in your corner, I kind of think you're in trouble. I do think he's in trouble. And, and I think Newsom is going to go out swinging, uh, go out putting in all kinds of mandates and every, do everything he can to kind of appease the extreme uh, left, we'll say, in, the, in this state anyway, uh, because it's almost like that's the way to win here in California. Now, my hope is that uh, I, my vote's for Larry Elder uh, right, right now, tomorrow, whenever we're voting. Uh, that's who I'm going to vote for. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the other alternative is to Gavin Newsom as far as on the left side of things or Democratic side of things, but I know who I'm voting for, and that's, that's Mr. Larry Elder. Have you ever listened to much of his radio program, Tracy? I absolutely have, and he's right on, and I do look at the LA Times digitally, and I look at um, a story they had about the last week, and the LA Times was just roasting him for things he may have said 25 years ago, and <laughs> it looks like the LA times is fighting hard to keep governor Newsom in office is what it looked like to me. Um, and it was, it was, it was pretty well slanted I, to me. And you, maybe you have a better handle on this and, but should the recall go through elders, the guy, I mean, I don't think there's any really competition, maybe uh, Faulkner from San Diego, who I kind of like, but Newsom, I mean, um, 
uh, elders really stepped forward uh, here in the last month or so. Yeah, and, and all they need is, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's whoever has the most votes, right, after yeah. as long as he is officially recalled on the ballot. So uh, it's crazy. I mean, I never thought we would see uh, I saw a recall when my first election was a recall election. And, uh, you know, we, we voted in, uh, uh, not Donald Trump, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I yep. thought that was crazy. Now we might potentially have a, a radio host as a, as a governor who, who I really, really hope, hope for, but, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is, but, but yeah, crazy news here in, in 2021, hard to believe that it's almost old. Well, not almost, we're still, we are two thirds of the way done with it. Right. Cause 2020 just felt like forever. And, and all of a sudden we blink and 2021 is almost over. Yeah, I, I think Newsom's term goes to 22. Is that correct? It must be. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. And uh, um, I think they really are taking it seriously when Schwarzenegger beat Gray Davis. I mean, you had Schwarzenegger running. You had Gary Coleman weren't running. <laughs> um, you had uh, female dancers and that kind of thing. And I don't think we have it this time, um, uh, really, except for Bruce Jenner. And you haven't seen much from him lately. <laughs> no. No, uh, Elder definitely uh, took the lead with authority there. And uh, I just hope that he's not, I mean, they're going to smear him. They hate him and, and we'll see. I mean, uh, Democrat governors, politicians, whoever it is, often seem to have a little advantage with that whole news media. Uh, but hey, that's, that's, a, that's a different story for a different time. Um, well, Tracy, uh, this time of year, usually for you is very, very busy uh, preparing for a high school football season as the former high school uh, football mm -hmm. signer. So uh, what's it been like kind of being able to just, I don't know, just chill and not do much the past couple August. Well, starting today and, and tomorrow on Friday, it's uh, scrimmage week. And so there's all sorts of scrimmages that are starting. Uh, Luther Wilson, who took my spot is doing a great job, but he, there's scrimmages that are being canceled because of COVID. There's games that are being canceled because of COVID. Um, uh, Dewarty High School is not fielding a football team this year. I oh, think man. we're going to see here pretty quickly some other schools that aren't going to be doing that. And these are schools that have been assigned. Uh, Luther did a great job of moving games around to meet the demand. And um, then there, now you're going to have cancellations on top of that. And um, I, I've been more of a support for him and like a cheerleader, if, yeah. you, if you will. And, you know, just to kind of reinforce to him that he's doing the right thing. But it's just some crazy times. Here in Southern Nevada, they had an article about 10 days ago that the registrations at that point for football officials are 50% of the minimum required for football. And I, I don't know if we're about the same, um, but it's a problem that is absolutely everywhere. Yeah, it's gotten worse participation wise, and I absolutely hate it. Yeah, it's, it's sad to see that football programs are vanishing before our very eyes. And, you know, I mean, let's be honest, some of these programs who are losing uh, the, the program altogether, they weren't, they weren't big time programs by any means, but still it's not, that's not what it's all about. It's about going out there and playing football. That's important for any high school to have to identify with a football program, I think. And, and maybe a little bit of the community too. Absolutely. It's probably when they're getting the last directions they're going to get before they're no longer in high school. And um, I mean, I remember my days 
And um, you and I have talked about it, you have. And so this is an important part in a lot of people's lives that goes up to the parents where, you know, football's not there for them anymore. And I never thought we'd see it, but man, it's knocking on the door. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad. Well, Luther's got his hands full uh, assigning and everything. And, and, you know, there's a lack of officials usually, but in particular this year, I mean, a lot less officials, probably even less than last year. Um, I haven't officiated football in a few years and, and don't plan to. And there is this little sense of guilt, like, Oh, you, you, you know, they could, they could use help, but I mean, we all got to do what is best for each of us too. So um, yeah, you got to keep patting, patting our guy Luther on the back, Tracy, keep, uh, keep it positive. Well, it's, I can, he's pretty short, so I can tap him on the <laughs> head without too much of a problem, but um, the Foothill Citrus in particularly lost a lot of top level, meaning CIA final officials in the last year. And this is an absolute great opportunity for somebody who felt they never got the opportunity from, from the, from the old blind guy that was the assigner that, that if they go out there and do a good job, I guarantee you that they're going to be noticed. And I'm a firm believer that whatever you do, you can always improve, you know, uh, a little bit each time. So if they show up to these meetings and say, instead of saying, how long is it going to take to get out of here? Instead say, what can I learn tonight? How can I get better? And I, I think we can see some of these guys really rise through and be leaders in the ranks because this is the biggest key turnover in my 43 years or yeah. whatever that I've been associated with it. Oh, it's so crazy. And, and, you know, what was fun doing this podcast is talking to so many different guys who worked Foothill Citrus and to hear their stories and to hear their memories of the camaraderie of, uh, you know, they didn't talk about specific plays, really. They just talked about how fun it was to be a part of a, a great group of guys and try to try to put together a good product on, on Friday nights. I mean, I mentioned a few already, Tracy, but uh, your good friend, Joe Bernanski, he came on the podcast a few months back. Uh, Mark Sias, who, who lives in Vegas now. Uh, Mike Kearns, a uh, basketball signer and former football official. I mean, those were some fun, fun interviews talking about their lives. Did any of those stick out or did you kind of enjoy all of them? Oh, all of them. And of course, you know, Joe and I are, are long personal friends uh, to, to, to this day. It was interesting to hear Mark Sias. Mike Kearns was an excellent football official. I mean, he really was. And I think his knees just were kind of giving him some problem. I always enjoyed working games with Mike Kearns because he was going to work hard and nobody was going to get an advantage uh, um, because Mike Kern wasn't doing his job. He always did a great job. <laughs> and uh, his, I loved his, his uh, podcast with you. You know, Mike's, Mike was a real developer of officials in the basketball, but he would also call me, he'd go to Benita High School lower level games because his grandkid was playing. And he would call me up from the field and he <laughs> would tell me, um, hey, this guy showed up late and, you know, sure done talked or this guy's really good. He's a hustler. I don't know who he is. Uh, and uh, that was a big help to, to me as the assigner. So um, again, those are things that we're just missing. People, people don't understand uh, when you get into this business, I'll call it that someone is always watching. You may not know who they are. They may uh, know someone who knows someone who will place a phone call that, you know, you have to always carry yourself like someone is watching, you know, as you have always said, it's, it's a big game to somebody. I mean, these are things that for whatever reason, 
in today's age, especially kind of go by the wayside. People just like, it's crazy because the irony of, of it is everyone has a camera now and, and you can word of mouth travels much quicker than it used to. So for people to just not take it seriously uh, is beyond me. Well, and I, t I would tell these guys, you're going to be out there for two now with the timing rules, two and a half hours. And so you have a choice to do a mediocre job or to do with the same effort, do a good job. So just for the short time you're out there, do a good job. See if you could maybe pick something up or help the game run smooth or help a kid understand what he's doing wrong. There's so many of those things. And um, I just think a lot of times these guys are, you know, stepping on the field saying, how fast can I get out of here? And where's my check? Yeah. And, and that's just unfortunate. It didn't used to be that way. Um, uh, as you and I have joked about a lot, uh, our checks got left at Clubhouse 66. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I find the check stub and say, where's the other part of this? <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, and that doesn't have, they're, these guys aren't even, uh, they're grabbing their bag after a game, not even taking a shower and heading home. Yeah. So it's just a different breed. Not that it's a bad thing. I fought it for a while. Um, still don't agree with it, but it is what it is. No, you're right. And, and Tracy, you haven't officiated in a few years now. You had a great career, got tons of high school championships, worked division one college football. Um, what was it? How many, what's it been? At least five years. How much on a scale of one to 10 do you miss stepping on a football field on Friday nights or Saturday afternoons? I miss it terribly. And I think there's probably times where Connie wishes that I was there, <laughs> but um, I, I, I miss it. I miss those Friday nights. I miss the competition of the game and um, being uh, one of the guys on the game that's going to make this game go fairly. And uh, so I still miss it. I still miss it. And I I'm pumped up for uh, watching games tonight on, on the NFL network. Our good friend, Sean Hockley has a Detroit lion game on which will be today on Friday and uh, looking forward to that. And I just, yeah, I, I'm going to make a confession here in my garage. And we made this move about a year and a half ago. Uh, my thing was, if I'm not using it, I'm throwing it out. And I, I had, we, we got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. I still have a striped shirt, a pair of black pants and Matt, I do have a pair of knickers. Of course. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, it, it, didn't make it into the house, but it's in the garage. Yeah. Uh, so um, I have whistle, shoes, flag. I'm ready to go. Oh, uh, hey, absolutely. Hey, you got a last minute assignment today on the podcast. I mean, you know what? Uh, you, you never know when you may, may be needed out there. Hey, I can be at Edawanda High School in about three hours. <laughs> yeah, Trey, uh, you'll have to tell. I wonder if, if you can tell the, uh, the, 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 I don't know, the hyphenated version the abridged version, however you want to call it, of of Tracy Tracy McFate and Sean Hockley, who's now in the NFL. Uh, Sean's first playoff game. I don't know if you've told that story or not. Is there a version of that you could tell on this podcast today? I I will, and <laughs> and I believe that Sean's dad Ed was there. I believe. And were you, were you on that game? No, before my time. Whoa! What? How did I miss that one? Um, <laughs> so as luck would have it. Um, I was assigned a uh, first round playoff game at Monrovia High School. 
which As is my daughter. So I did not need directions uh, <laughs> to get to Monrovia High School. And it was Sean Hockley's one and maybe only, but he didn't have many because he wasn't with us very long, um, playoff game. And um, so uh, Sean shows up in a really nice polo shirt and a really nice pair of jeans. And I said, uh, so you're wearing jeans to a playoff game, huh? <laughs> and, oh my goodness, boy, was he, I, he, was, he was a little upset that maybe he was underdressed and he wasn't. But uh, um, we go out on the, on, on the field and I actually have um, uh, uh, people there at Monrovia High School giving me hugs. And I said, well, maybe you can wait a while for this. But so, so we go through there and we get everything all set and we're going to do the we, we do the coin toss. And as you know, we get everybody together. And um, uh, so Sean, he wants to get to his position. He wants to go for, and he didn't realize he starts to take off. And I go, no, come here, come here. And he starts to take off. I go, Sean, this game is not going to start until I blow the whistle. And we're not <laughs> ready to blow the whistle yet. And I think Ruben Lopez was on the game and, and, or whatever. So they're all smiling. And he is just, he is just nervous as all get out. And I said, uh, Sean, what do you think of Monrovia high school? And he said, um, well, it's great. And he starts to take off. I go, Sean, come here. And I go, you see that big oak tree over there? And he looks around, he goes, yeah. And he starts to take off. I go, Sean. I go, when I was at Monrovia High School, that oak tree wasn't nearly as big. But I will tell you that Tracy McFade had quite a bit of fun, if you know what I mean, by that oak tree. And he looked at me and just started laughing. And so we took off to the, to the positions at a kind of a, uneventful game and, and, or whatever, but Sean was a great guy uh, to uh, uh, have on the field. And he was probably his second year, got a playoff game, you know, and, and he would tell me, um, you know, he, he threw a delay a game, I think at 26 seconds. And I looked at him and I said, did I mark the ball too quick for you? <laughs> and uh, he got the message that that was going to be the last delay of game that we were going to have that night. Yeah. And it was. And, and so, yeah, those are the, those are the things uh, that is the, the uh, cleaned up version of the story as much as I can tell. That's pretty, uh, that was much above PG. That was much better. Yes. I, I think you've that. heard the true version of it, but uh, uh, a time or two. I, you know, <laughs> I like it. Hey, Tracy, tell that story again. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. But uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to know the details, I could contact you. Uh, but one it, incidentally. <laughs> but uh no yeah now he's a white hat in the nfl following in the footsteps of his dad and and sean is just so gracious and such a great guy uh yeah you've worked a few playoff games there at monrovia you must have known the assigner or something or you know the assigner took care of me and and um <laughs> um it didn't matter uh if monrovia wasn't playing it was the um only um I always took the game that was closest. Didn't matter who it was. And um, <laughs> when it came out on Arbiter that Rosemead High School was playing, Vince Flores called me up and said, I'd really like that game. And I said, sorry, partner. <laughs> That's the closest game. I go, yeah. uh, you know, I can send you to Bell Gardens if you like. <laughs> <laughs> you you let me tag along uh, uh, quite a bit there. That was my second playoff game. I think it was Rosemead. Worked a game with you at Monrovia. So, uh yeah, we must have been in a hurry to get to uh, Matt Danny's or some some of these local establishments that closed early. 
Matt Denny's uh, uh, did okay by us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, well, Tracy, I got on the TV here. I know you got some football to watch tonight, and I'll tune in too. But uh, you know, something really cool is happening in Major League Baseball tonight. They are playing an official game at the Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa, remodeled stadium and everything. The White Sox and Yankees. I mean, this just looks so cool. I have my good buddy Pat Holberg is actually uh, working the plate tonight. We were in, yeah, he's an Iowa kid and we were, uh, he sat by each other. We sat by each other at umpire school back in 2009. He obviously made it to the big leagues and has a great career, but, uh, so I'll be tuning into that a little bit as well, but pretty awesome, right? The field of dreams game. I can't wait to seriously to see what the white Sox uniform is going to be. We know the Yankees are going to be pretty standard, but I wonder if the white Sox are going to go kind of throwback, um, I was watching a Dodger game today and Joe Davis talking about they're going to introduce the players through the cornfield. Yeah. And, um, and Joe Buck and, uh, uh, will do it right. He will do justice for that game. And I think it's, I think it's great. I really like, I am so looking forward to it. Ex angels pitching for the Yankees, uh, Andrew Haney. Um, uh, so, uh, there'll be a lot of runs for it. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's a big game. It's a big game for both these teams. Yeah. Oh, what? I mean, they showed the players walk. They're taking pictures everywhere and everything. They look like high school kids almost. I mean, who, I mean, I've actually been to field of dreams there in the middle of Iowa and walked around and had the whole place to myself. And I was, you know, it's one of my favorite movies is, and just being there it was like, man, you soak it up. So to play an actual game, I think it's just awesome. I mean, I, as a, you're a fan of the movie, I'm assuming. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I, I, I thought it was great to, to see, uh, to hear, um, oh, the guy with the deep voice, um, or James Earl Jones, James Earl Jones. Oh my gosh. Uh, build it and they will come. Yeah. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think MLB network was showing it today. Um, uh, I think I saw that they did a special, like building up to it, like making of the movie showing behind yeah. the scenes. Uh, yeah. I guess Ray, Ray Liotta is supposed to be there. Kevin Costner's there. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big deal, not a ton of seating. So those who get to be there, yeah, no. this is a pretty historical moment. I heard they played like a little league or youth game there like last night. Oh, okay. looks like the original field next to it, uh, kind of works for that. They're going into the okay. house right now. And this is, okay, yeah, maybe right next door or something, but oh, the house um, is so cool too. I just uh, hope it doesn't get lost on the players because you know, they, they probably, a lot of those guys weren't around when the field of dreams was made because mm-hmm. wasn't that about late eighties. Yeah, I believe you're right. Late eighties. What a, and what a, what a movie It's still one of the most iconic, I think sports movies. And some people argue, Oh, it's about ghost baseball, but it's about so much more. Um, you know, and I mean, who doesn't get a little emotional at the end of the movie with the oh, yeah. catch with the dad? I mean, that's just yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. That little kid is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my uh, goodness. Yeah. I hope that I think they are going to wear the White Sox jerseys when this is, when this airs tomorrow, we will all know for sure. But yep. Um, yep. man, the special, special uh, moment in sports, I think tonight here when we're recording on a Thursday evening, uh, you mentioned the, the Dodgers and the angels. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, kind of the status of those two teams right now. Dodgers were struggling, made some trades. Uh, they seem to be co- competing again. The Angels just can't seem to piece anything together, although Otani's having a pretty good year. Well, and what's so frustrating about that is they have never emphasized pitching on the Angels. And I, I won't talk too long on it, but, you know, and I know Trout hasn't played in a really long time, but when you got 
Otani, Trout, Rendon, some of these guys on your team, and you struggle to play 500 ball. Mm. And I fully expect we're going to hear in the next couple of days that Trout's going to shut it down for the rest of the year because they're not giving any updates on him at all. But Otani is absolutely amazing. Just amazing. And um, he's got like 100 strikeouts and 80 innings or something like that, which is, you know, phenomenal uh, as a pitcher. And then just uh, his home runs, a lot of his home runs have been in game winning opportunities. And um, uh, he, I don't know, it, it, it's a shame that that team cannot be better in what I think is a fairly mediocre division. I, um, I agree with that as far as um, the division goes. Um, and I was joking with, uh, uh, with some, some people on Facebook, and I think our, our buddy Rocky was one a while back when the Dodgers were in a big slump and everything. And I said, all this means is that the Dodgers won't cinch the pennant until September 15th. Well, the Giants are not going away. They are not going away. And I think the Dodgers are obviously playing pretty good baseball, although they got beat today. But um, uh, they're not going to miss a big beat with Mookie Betts out because it sure looks like Bellinger is, is you know, starting to hit. But um, Trey Turner, did you see that slide of his at home plate? Yeah. <laughs> he slid into home and didn't get dirty. Come yeah. on. <laughs> um, but, and, and they got, they, they got the, the pitching set up. I know that Canley Jansen has been taking a lot of heat, justifiably so, but there's nobody to take his place. I mean, a closer is pretty hard to come by. Yeah. And I don't think they have anybody better than him. So it's almost like, well, we got to go with them. And he's been good for the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been good for him. This is the last year of his contract. And obviously this is it for him as far as the Dodgers go. Um, but um, I still think that the Dodgers will end up in the World Series, whether they win the division or not. I, I, I still believe that. Nice prediction. Yeah, they're so talented. Their pitching is so deep. As long as that bullpen doesn't get in the way. Um, and then there's nights where they just can't score runs. You're like, you didn't put up any runs against the Astros, like, or you, you know, put one run against whoever, like just very inconsistent at this time of the season in, you know, August here that you can't really be, you can't really be screwing around too much. I mean, uh, it'll be here before, you know, at playoff time. So you better shape up. You get to the sixth inning and Roberts, all he has left on his bench is a number two catcher. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that gets to be frustrating. It, it, nobody goes past six innings it, yeah. very rarely. And He's got that book that he goes by. So he knows right now the way the game's going to go tomorrow night. And um, man, throw the book away. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, get rid of analytics. And um, I missed it. You know, you know the rules better than I do. But when did they outlaw the bunt? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a good I, question. I, you have an extra inning. They're one in 12 in extra innings. And you have a runner on second, nobody out. Let's get that guy over to third with one out. Something. Try. Here's my thing. If you're not bunting, you're not doing things, and and things are working out for you. Okay, fine. But if you're failing, if you're one in twelve, as you just said, great stat. Try something else. Yeah. What is this pride that that we live? This oh, it, it drives me crazy with professional sports. Yeah, I mean they play for the three run homer, um, yeah. and it and it just it that would take a lot of heat off of Jansen. I, I agree. No, I, I agree. And, uh, and to, back to the Angels, I cannot figure out. It's been this way for a few years. 
why is it the Angels can't put together a better product? They have the best player in baseball, I think, Mike Trout. He's been there a while. They got Otani. I mean, different times of uh, they've had they, uh, they've had Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, Pujols came over. He was good for a little while. He's he's passed it now, and now with the Dodgers. But why can't the Angels, despite having big names, Rendon? Right, he's there, isn't he? I mean, they just can't. He's out. He he played about half the season. Yeah. I mean, they just can't seem to be a contender. I don't understand it. Fletcher is a guy, a, a, a guy that brings his lunch pail to work. I mean, he's a 300 hitter. He doesn't get too flashy, but he's a guy that sets it up for Otani or Trout. Um, you know, but then they get a, a Rafingo, or I think that's his name, that he was playing almost every day. Um, and he's hitting like a buck 60. Uh, they think this Mayfield at third base is great. And he's hitting, I think, 210. Um, Kurt Suzuki, you know, they applaud a foul ball. Um, and it's just, it, it is really frustrating. And, and the people are starting to notice this. If you, they played Toronto in a double hitter. It was a makeup game from a rain out in Toronto on Tuesday. Did you see what the attendance was for the first game? No, man. I... 3,700. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then the second game was 17,000. They had Otani t-shirt night the next night and they had 22,000. <laughs> 50% capacity for a giveaway. And um, so they're, they're telling the Angels something that, um, you know, we need to uh, improve the product. And money's not an issue. I just saw where uh, <laughs> Artie Moreno's worth 3.6 billion. Oh. Um, so that's a... Uh, that's a lot of zeros. Yeah, yeah. You have to that's you have to get some of your outstanding uh, signer fees from uh, from Artie. Reach out to him, see if he can Absolutely. help you. Uh, I was t- yeah joking with you quite a bit, t- or telling uh, you know Mark Size, yeah, look up Tracy, have him buy a beer or two for for you. You know, Mark, uh, <laughs> uh, he owes you a couple. Um, you know, li- not living far from there. Uh, Tracy, the Olymp, did you follow any of the Olympics at all? Any of the storylines or the, the events? Matt, my lack of interest was so minimal and the biggest key issue i never knew when anything was going to be on yeah and i would hear about at 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 seven o'clock in the morning that so-and-so won but then it wasn't going to be on until about nine o'clock at night there's no need for me to watch that yeah but then um i wasn't rooting against for example the women's soccer team but when they took a knee and then finished third i guess it was um i didn't feel too bad yeah. Um, and then they had the women's hammer thrower who uh, was going to turn her back if she meddled. And I'm glad she didn't meddle. And I told a friend of mine, they ought to make her walk home from Tokyo. <laughs> and, and he told me, he says, well, I really don't think there's a direct route. And I said, I'm very well aware of the geography. Yeah. Um, but, um, it just, uh, it was very heartwarming to hear that one girl talk that uh, the weightlifter who loves her country and how great it was to be representing her country. But my interest really, Matt, was just minimal, just minimal this year. And I'm kind of disappointed in it. You know, what's crazy is, is I used to kind of watch too, and it, I, I wasn't just you or me. This was kind of the norm. A lot of people just did not tune in. And for a lot of us, you know, there's been iconic Olympic moments over the years. I mean, Carrie Struggs, uh, the Miracle on Ice, uh, just to name a few, Michael Phelps, everything he did. So Carl Lewis, Carl Lewis. I mean, iconic moments where you remember where you were when you 
or watched it or whatever. And it was almost like the Olympics went by without anyone caring this time. It was really weird. No, I, I did watch, I think it was the uh, 400 hurdles where the top three finishers all broke the world record. And then uh, I go, that's pretty cool. And then I turned on the big bag theory. So <laughs> um, that was, that was about it. I just, I, I just couldn't get, and then not having anybody in the stands, um, you know, that uh, made it almost like a studio event. Yeah. The whole thing was just really odd. I mean, we always deal with it when it's, it's far away, you know, it's, it's in another time zone or whatever, but uh, you know, it, it is, I don't know. There was just, there was no interest, none for me. I was going to tune into the baseball cause that was interesting to me, but I was like, ah, eh. but, but to your point, the, uh, the Olympian that uh, I did want to mention her name, uh, Tim Ryan, Tim, excuse me here, uh, Tamira uh, yeah. Menses stock. Uh, her speech was great wrapping herself in the American flag. I mean, there was a few good moments like that, but I think the negative moments kind of overwhelmed the good stuff. It, it, it really and truly did. And I think NBC probably took a financial bath on it. Oh, yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, the Olympics used to be really cool where, you know, all of us on Sundays, we all kind of root against each other with different teams. But the Olympics, we typically uh, everyone in every community here is, is rooting for the same team, which is pretty neat. But uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't miss it. Um, it just kind of happened and went past us and I don't know. We'll see about Los Angeles here in a few years. We'll see if that changes anything when the games come here. Matt, in 1984, when the Olympics, this is before you were born, but the Olympics were at Los Angeles. I was working for the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, and we were working uh, seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and all that kind of stuff that nobody cares about. <laughs> and um, I would come home. I would work till about 11 o'clock at night, come home and watch the highlights and stuff. And we had everything in orders the last couple of days as far as the buses go. And uh, the director of transportation for the MTA came in on the night before and is handing out tickets, told us, take the day off. You guys have worked too hard. And Connie was pregnant with Ryan. And we went and we saw Carl Lewis uh, do the long jump, break the long jump record. Oh, and wow. I was sitting in the stands doing that. And he was... Uh, he actually passed on his last couple of jumps because he had already broken the record and nobody yet had um, made it that far. And so it kind of built up and getting the cheer going all through the crowd and him going around the track with the American flag and that kind of stuff. So that was really cool. That was really cool. Oh, big time. Yeah, that's I, it's, I don't know where they're going to put everybody and LAX needs a definite upgrade here soon because uh, I can't imagine the entire world coming here to LA, even though most of the world comes here on a daily basis, but to have the Olympics here in whatever that is, eight or 12 years. Yeah, uh, it's gotta think be... about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, Tracy, let's chat, chat about some football. It's August. We talked about high school football a little bit. The NFL is just around the corner. They're already playing games. I'm excited for that. Um, college football, college football. I know something you're very interested in. And you told me the other day that uh, you might be attending uh, quite a few games this year. Uh, we went with my my uh, friends that live out here and my daughter and son-in-law. Uh, we have season tickets for UNLV. And um, uh, so we're sitting on the $495 for 
for six games sitting on the 35 yard line. Uh, those tickets for the Raiders, I have no idea what they would be, <laughs> but um, we're really looking forward to it. We got an email that they moved two games, one on a Thursday night to eight o'clock and one on a Friday night to eight 30. And um, Connie told me, she said, you may be going to those games by yourself. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, but we're really looking forward to it. They're going to play Iowa State in the non-conference game here. Um, I think the new coach here at UNLV, an Oregon guy named Marcus Arroyo, is doing the right thing. Uh, we'll we'll see. Um, but I'm going to get an opportunity. The last, uh, like in November, University of Hawaii comes to the town. I'm going to get to see my old friend Victor Santa Cruz, who's a defensive coordinator there, and he was the head coach at Azusa Pacific. But we're really looking forward to being in that stadium and i think that's gonna be pretty cool oh yeah hey i'm off thursday so uh, you know and if you don't want to stay up late let me know i'll take the tickets off your hand it's a short drive for me um i got your phone number and i'm being serious about that so. yeah yeah you know it's uh when the sun goes down the, the night's just starting for for guys like me trace as you're well aware but uh hey the 18 dollars beers taste just as good as the nine dollar beers <laughs> Got that right. Yeah, I don't tailgate all day. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun just to 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 get out to to be in that stadium, no matter who's playing, but to to support the uh, the, the uh, running rebels there. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, that that stadium is unbelievable. You took a tour of it recently. You told me, right? We took a tour, and I was sharing with you. Everybody tells me that the SoFi Stadium is is like better than that, and I do believe that. But this stadium is just amazing. Just amazing what they've done to it. Um, the, the flame for Al Davis, um, uh, everything that they've done. You can stand up in the one end zone and watch the game up high, look behind you and see the strip. And that oh. is just absolutely amazing. Now, the parking they have there is about equivalent to Citrus College. So I really <laughs> have no idea what they're going to do. I don't really don't think they care, really, to be quite honest with you. Um, but the parking is very minimal. But the stadium is really neat. We got to go through the uh, Raider locker room. Actually got to go through the Raiderette locker room. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, got to go to Mark Davis's suite. Um, I think it's a little bit different than what he had in Oakland. <laughs> but um, uh, it's, it's a really, it's, it's just an outstanding facility. And um, um, it's going to be neat to see it full and how loud it gets just like SoFi uh and and stuff uh, yeah oh man that, that's so cool i i think that i think it will propel you know vegas getting more sports teams i think but you know in a few years they'll the nba will be there major league baseball will be there uh well, the oakland a's are taking a very serious look at las vegas i don't know if you knew that and i hate to interrupt but oh. but they voted um they didn't get the vote that they wanted on the waterfront stadium in oakland and the final vote comes in September, but the owner of Oakland has been here four times looking at possible stadium sites. And what they're talking about doing is building a 30,000 seat stadium, uh, uh, you know, for, for the A's, but that they could play in the Aviator Stadium, which is about 10, you know, about 10 miles off the strip in Summerlin. And I, have you seen that new minor league stadium? No, no, in I just went to the, uh, the old one. It, and this this is a uh, it's only in his second year and it would be it's about a 10 or 12,000 seat stadium where they would play while a stadium is being built. 
but there's a decision that should be made. It's very serious. The owner of the A said, we're not kidding. This is what they've offered us in Oakland is not, is not tolerable at this point. And the only place they're looking at right now is Las Vegas. Yeah, so, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's a big city. It's the West Coast. Uh, weather's weather's great, you know, except for the heat, of course. And the, people are hungry. It's a it's a city that continues to grow. I mean, I love that, Trey. You are a Las Vegas insider here for for UNLV sports and and uh, professional sports teams uh, m- making the move there. Yeah, the NBA. Shaq wants to. Uh, Shaq lives here, which I didn't know, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, Shaq says that he's going to help try to bring an NBA team and you've been to the T-Mobile that's an experience right there even before you walk into the arena oh yes absolutely Vegas does everything right it seems like you know Uh, I bet your head when you went to that that uh, Golden Knights game I bet your head was on a swivel uh, just a little bit just a little (laughs) bit I mean you you don't want to look down too often you're yeah you're looking at all the friendly faces we'll say the, uh, the nice people uh, yep. so, uh, yeah, wearing my, my Kings gear proudly, but, uh, <laughs> Kings won that day. That was fun. Uh, yeah. I, that would be fun. We got to get out to a hockey game too. That would be a blast, uh, to, to get up and catch up, but, Absolutely. uh, football seasons are coming. Um, some of the changes that, I mean, when you were officiating college football, it was kind of, I, I don't know how much you knew or about everything that was going on as far as players and, uh, I don't know, uh, scandals and everything, but, a big change in college athletics, not just football, but this whole name, image, and likeness thing where, where players are going to be cashing in a lot of money, really. I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that as someone who was involved in college athletics for so long? You know, I think it's a long time coming, but I think the best person that put it in perspective was Lane Kiffin. He was on Dan Patrick's show, and he said, how hard is it? He was asked, how hard is it to recruit in the SEC against Alabama. And Lane Kiffin says, let's put it this way, the backup quarterback for Alabama is going to make a million dollars. <laughs> and he goes, I can't compete with that. Oh. And, you know, he was just kind of joking, but I'm sure they have ways to, to, to do that. But the NCAA has, has been non-relevant for many years. And the NCAA needs to go away. It just really needs, as far as football goes, just needs to go away. And Nothing is going to get done unless it goes through the SEC. Um, and we're seeing the Big 12 took a, just a big hit when, when uh, Oklahoma and Texas left. And, and the Pac-12 hasn't been a player in quite a while. So um, those are schools that really have to step up their game because I could see the top two teams in the SEC playing for the national championship, um, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and every year because yes. it's a super conference now. And I mean, let's face it, whoever loses the SEC championship game is usually one of the top five programs uh, going. So it's almost like a, a playoff game in itself. So yeah, this super conference thing, I could honestly see the big 12 just folding all together. Maybe four teams from uh, there go to the PAC 12, four more teams join in uh, the ACC or something. I could see that happening with only, eight teams remaining now. I mean, what are your thoughts on PAC 12 expansion or big 10 and ACC expansion? Well, I think it could start seriously with the SEC going to like Vanderbilt and saying, you know what? It's really been nice having you folks in the conference (laughs) and uh, we're going to let you guys cut your own deal. Um, And then, but I do, I do think that there's going to be some type of coalition between the big 12 
uh, and the Pac-12. And I think the Big Ten is going to be closely watching that because mm. um, uh, they haven't been touched yet. But yet the Big Ten is basically, uh, um, you know, a one, a one horse pony uh, right now. And so Michigan, there's pressure on Michigan to step up their game. Uh, Wisconsin's doing it. Indiana's doing it. Uh, but if not, you know, you could see the Big Ten kind of in the same spot before too long as, as like the Pac-12. Um, the Pac-12, this is a big year for them. Oof. They really need to step it up. Big time. Um, and I don't think it's going to happen in Southern California. <laughs> well I, said. I, they haven't put on their pads yet at USC. That's unbelievable. Well, uh, and, 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 and after seeing them play the past few years, they typically don't use their pads. So no. maybe they, that's why. I don't know. No. You, you know, um, their quarterback will complete 40 passes for 90 yards. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, they, I, I, I just don't get it. I think Clay Hilton's a nice guy, but uh, there's, no offense, there's no offensive line there right now. None. Mm. Uh, that's that's going to be whoever the quarterback ends up being, Slovak or whoever, uh, uh, he's going to be running for his life. Uh, yeah, he'll be hurt by in game three, and then they'll be going, you know, there's just no consistency. There's no identity. You know, are you a defensive, tough-minded school? Are you a run and shoot? What are you yep. guys? What are you? There's, you're nothing. You're just vanilla, and that's so frustrating. No pads in August. What are they, what are they doing? They they play very early on a very good San Jose State team. Watch out! Look out! Look wow. out! Um, I think UCLA could be an interesting team. Mm -hmm. I, I, Chip Kelly took a couple of years to pretty much clean house. Um, and so the talent he has over there is really kind of unknown. But these schools, Matt, they got to recruit Southern California. They got to recruit Southern California. You can't Southern be losing California. the best players to Alabama and Clemson. The two top yeah. quarterbacks in the country went there. And they're in, they're in L.A., Orange County area. Lawrence goes down and they bring in the guy from Bosco. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Bryce Young is a guy that's getting – he's the guy, am I not right, that's getting a million dollars at Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Backup quarterback. Um, so if those kids, it's easy to recruit against SC and UCLA, I guess, if you're Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, um, <laughs> uh, Dabo Sweeney, um, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're getting SC and UCLA are getting what's left over. Yeah. And, and I don't blame the kids. You're going to go to some place where people take football seriously. It's lucrative. I mean, uh, sure. They talk with a Southern accent. I'm sure you'll get, you'll get by just fine. Uh, if you're a kid from, uh, from LA or orange County going out to Tuscaloosa or, uh, or Clemson, I mean, I sure you adjust just fine specifically with all those great facilities and everything. So uh, don't get me wrong. Those schools recruit the South like crazy too, but it's just sad to see so many California kids. They used to all go to like Oregon and, uh, yeah. ASU. Now they go even further East to Texas and Alabama and all that too. Well, shortly after signing a letter of intent at SC or UCLA, then they go into the transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, without even putting on a uniform. Yeah. So um, it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I I, I think uh, they're, they're they're finally going to uh, tell Clay Hilton. You know, they got the new athletic director there and the new athletic director at UCLA, so to speak. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. But there's not a long line of coaches, I think, that that would really come to USC. I agree. Uh, I think they made a run for Urban Meyer, and he goes wide. <laughs> you know? um, so, 
Um, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken dung, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what what about the NFL season upcoming? I watched Hard Knocks the other night with the Cowboys. I got it all fired up, and then I know the Rams are uh, back on the field out there. That's that's great to see. You actually told me about a podcast that I need to listen to, Flying Coach with Sean McVay and Peter Schrager. Tell me about it. Sean McVay is just, uh, I mean, he's made for the media. <laughs> and he talked to Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Arthur Smith, uh, Joe Judge, and, and it was uh, Mike Tomlin. And it was really great going through for just to hear um, uh, Sean McVay tell stories. And he was talking about going for the, uh, well, first with Shanahan. Shanahan said that he, did, he his team had to have a quarterback for him to go to it. So when he went to the 49ers, they didn't have a quarterback. And he says, he says he told the owner, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this for me to come here. And he said the owner came through with everything. And then Sean McVay interrupted because he interviewed before Shanahan. And he goes, I told the owner the same thing and he never called me back. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. He was talking about his interview with the Rams with, with Kronke and Les Mead and, and stuff. And he had the first interview and they called him back for the second interview. And he's telling himself that because they're meeting at a restaurant in Beverly Hills and the whole bit. And he goes, man, this job is mine if I don't shit myself. And it was really funny the way that he said it. And then um, they, 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 they talked to him and he doesn't get a phone call back for a couple of days. And he's going, what did I do? What did I do? And then they called him up and, and um, what's really funny is, is uh, he was talking to Raheem Morris, who was then with Atlanta, and he tells Raheem, I got the, I got the head coaching job, but you got to sit on this for a day because you know, they, they don't want to announce it until tomorrow. And Raheem Morris says, well, running on my tracker on my screen, Sean McVay, new coach of Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> So that was kind of, but it's, it's a really neat podcast. I recommend it to anybody. It's called flying coach and it's about eight or nine episodes and they have a different guest on and it's just interesting as all get out. Oh, I got, I can't wait to hear it. I got to dive in there. Yeah. McVay, when, when he was hired, I remember going, who's this guy? I've never heard of him. Like I wanted Kyle Shanahan. Now I'm, I couldn't be more happy that they have McVay, although Shanahan does a heck of a job up in San Francisco too. Oh, they, they, they talk about their, um, Arguments with Matt LaFleur and the press box and oh yeah about column plays and stuff like that. And uh, it, I mean, it's just really interesting. And they all, they're all genuine, genuine, good friends. Uh-huh. And uh, Raheem Morris is just a character and Mike Tomlin is as well. And it just puts a different side on all of these guys. So um, uh, he had uh, Cliff Kingsbury on and, and he was talking to him about how good, Arizona is and what a great job he's doing. And Kingsbury goes, you know, you're eight. No against us. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds right. That sounds Uh, funny. Uh, There's nothing quite like football season, Tracy. I love baseball, bath, you know, all these sports, but man, when September 1st hits roughly, you know, uh, until, uh, uh, till new year's day, really. uh, Well, even later with the super bowl and everything, it's just a special five months or whatever it is. I mean, I can't wait for it to get here. I'm about as big as Ram fan as you. Connie and I had season tickets when they were in Anaheim uh, with uh, John Robinson and Dieter Brock and 
Eric Dickerson and those type of guys, and still a, a big fan. And I think it's going to be, we shared a little bit this uh, earlier today, but um, the Rams three preseason games, their, their number one and two quarterbacks aren't going to take a snap because Walford, the number two quarterback, is recovering from his appendix out. So they'll have two quarterbacks that after that last preseason game, they're going to be cut probably. Yeah. Uh, so preseason is somewhat meaningless, but it's going to be nice to see them back, the new uniforms, the new stadium, um, uh, all that kind of good stuff. So, What, what do you think of Matt Stafford? Because that's, that's the big question really going forward with this team. I personally think that they gave up too much. I think he might be a difference maker, but if he is, he's, he's going to do it either this year or next year. And they really mortgage the future unless they have a plan for a quarterback that we're not aware of in a couple of years down the road. But I really think they mortgage the future, but I think they know what they're doing. Sean McVay said on the podcast, as long as he's the coach, they'll never have a first round draft choice. And he, I mean, and he wasn't like being funny. And he's, I don't know, they gave up for the next four years, maybe yeah. something like that. They are not afraid to make moves. I'll, I'll say that about less need. I mean, it seems like Cronky just sits back and is like, do whatever you guys need. Tell me where to sign the check. And uh, they are active more than any team out there, I think. Yes, they most definitely are. And, you know, they got the two best players on defense in, in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And then I think that they, they won't miss Cam Akers, which is really sad to see that, that he's That hurts. Uh, but they'll be, they'll be okay in that spot. And I think that I, I like Matthew Stafford. He's a top-tier quarterback. And I'm just worried about – what are the Rams going to be like in three years down the road when he's 37 or something like that? But, you know, uh, McVay must have a plan. He must have well, a plan. Yeah, I think they, you can build for the future all you want, but it's also about now, especially being in Los Angeles with all the options here that people have. If you're not relevant as far as being a championship contender, there's other things to go do. So uh, hopefully in those three years, in, in this three-year, four-year window, whatever it is, uh, there's a Super Bowl a banner hanging somewhere in SoFi Stadium yep. that has the Rams logo on it. I don't know. We'll see. All these quarterbacks that got drafted this year, and they're all very good, and um, um, you can fill in the names and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? In three years down the road, one of them will be available. <laughs> so uh, whoever that may be. Oh, man. Well, well, Tracy, it's almost time for uh, first pitch here in Dyersville, Iowa. The, the, all the broadcasters, you'll, you'll see, they're all wearing kind of throwback uh, uh, suits and ties as well. Uh, Kevin Costner's walking around. This is gonna be this is gonna be a nice little evening, I think. Little baseball, little NFL preseason. Watching our good friend, uh, good friend Sean Hockley. It's almost time for uh, Corona. I gotta imagine. I, I actually I'm going on. I, I have Budweiser uh, in the in the long neck bottles right now. I'm kind of going American right now. Hey, nothing wrong with that. USA, you old faithful, <laughs> but heavy. Look at you. I like that. That is. Uh, that is good stuff. So, well, Tracy, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for filling in for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Even though it is Friday, we will keep you in mind. I thought you did a great job as a pinch hitter. If we need a last-minute replacement, I know who to call. Well, let me know. If you see Vice President Harris anywhere, let me know. I think they're looking for her. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I enjoyed it. And, uh, uh I'll keep you in mind for that 8.30 start on a Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just be getting up and uh, ready to ready to rock and roll, man. Outstanding. Tracy, thanks again. This was fun. I look forward to uh, chatting to you uh, 
more uh, more often than not, sir. Have a good uh, rest of your Thursday evening, and thanks again for being the uh, pinch hitter today. Take care, Matt. Be safe. <laughs> Bye now. Get home safe. <laughs> what a pleasure that was, chatting with my good friend Tracy McFate, uh, filling in for Bill Barnes. Uh, very cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll, look, we'll probably have him around uh, just in case Bill can't make it because of work or whatever. It's, it really is remarkable that Bill and I have been able to put together episodes uh, for the past year or year and a half, whatever it's been. So, uh, you know, he wasn't available this week. It is what it is. We will, uh, we'll make it work in the future. Try to work around his schedule and mine. Not always easy, but it is what it is. So working on the new st- studio stuff here too. We got the couch here. Uh, it's the off day. So Valerie should be home soon. And, uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta figure out the studio situation a little bit better, but anyway, you guys don't need to hear all about all that. Have a great, Weekend, everybody. We'll be back with shows on Monday. Me and Valerie actually will be uh, the featured episode. We'll be uh, chatting about our move-in. So you'll hear from her. Her audio was kind of messed up last time, so hopefully that's better. But excuse me. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Bill Barnes should be back next Wednesday. And Friday will be the Citrus College head football coach, Brandon Hayashi. So that should be a lot of fun. fun. That will all come together next week but guys until then as always no matter what you're doing whether you're out on the town or around in third base get home safe thank you for listening to this episode of the get home safe podcast we greatly appreciate the support we know we have a lot of loyal listeners out there but we always want to keep people informed of the many ways to follow the get home safe podcast we have various social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. There's plenty of ways and options to listen to the Get Home Safe Podcast. Anchor helps distribute our podcast to places like Apple, Spotify, Google, and many more. We also have a YouTube channel that is brand new for us. Not a whole lot of content on there yet, but we're going to try to put out more and more video episodes in going forward, as well as short clips here and there regarding uh, big events that happen uh, over the course of time. So lots of options out there, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, offer uh, some suggestions or content uh, topics, or uh, just ask us some random questions. We always appreciate that. I know Bill Barnes does, especially on Wednesdays. So uh, looking forward to continue to bring you great episodes here on the get home safe podcast on mondays wednesdays and fridays guys have a great rest of the week and as always no matter what you're doing whether you're out on the town or around in third base get home safe